Welcome to another episode of Talking Fast, a Gilmore Girls podcast. I'm Suzanne. And I'm Alexis. And we're two longtime fans of the show, excited to rewatch and recap it along the way. This week, we are recapping Gilmore Girls Season 4, Episode 4, Chicken or Beef. The episode bio for this episode is, While visiting Stars Hollow for the weekend, Rory encounters Dean, who awkwardly invites her to an event the next day. Hmm. What event could that be? Interesting. <laughs> mm-hmm. Before we get into things, don't forget to rate and review us, especially on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can join us on Instagram and TikTok at Talking Fast Podcast. And if you'd like to listen ad-free, you can join our $5 tier on Patreon. Just search for Talking Fast Podcast and you'll find us there. Woohoo! What were your initial big picture thoughts of this episode this week? I really enjoyed this episode. It wasn't like, I don't know, a big, huge, momentous episode or anything, but it was kind of just like Stars Hollow shenanigans. Mm-hmm. But it did have some momentous things, like I guess the groundbreaking for the Dragonfly Inn and Dean getting married. <laughs> but I, yeah, I really enjoyed it. What did you think? I felt the same way. It was a nice combination of, oh, we're like, don't worry, we're still going to have like town shenanigans when Rory's in college because mm-hmm. guess what? She has to do laundry at home just like <laughs> many of us did. <laughs> and then it also is like a good follow up, I think, to some of those bigger dramatic storylines at the end of season three, like the breaking ground for the inn and the Dean wedding. Uh, so all around, I felt like it was a really solid, like, we're kind of in, we're going to get into, like, the bulk of, like, the early season, you know? I felt like this was a very, like, okay, we're kind of in, like, the groove of regular mm-hmm. episodes now, moving forward. Yeah, that's true. I guess the first three were really establishing the Yale stuff, so, yeah. Should we mm-hmm. do our talking fast attempts we should i believe you go first this time uh, okay get my okay. timer <laughs> okay ready set yep go rory is visiting home she sets off an alarm she's got a cool new haircut as well she plans to spend the weekend in stars hollow but she awkwardly runs into dean who invites her and lorelei to his wedding they debate going and they ultimately decide not to because luke warns them not to go when he sees dean drunk talking about Rory at his bachelorette bachelor uh, thing the night before. Also, Luke is, I mean, Taylor's being really mean to Lorelai, but she gets to break ground in the end. Oh. Nice. That was in bed. Mm. One, one storyline, I think, was covered a bit more than the other, but yeah, say well, love you. <laughs> All right. Are you ready? Yes. On your mark, get set, go. So we're back in Stars Hollow this weekend as Rory visits Lorelai. She has a whole kind of Stars Hollow-y weekend planned. Lorelai has also gotten a weird sensor, uh, motion sensor alarm in her house from Kirk. Thanks a lot, Kirk. And uh, Sookie and Lorelai are working on starting to the in stuff. They also have to make sure that Michelle is included. Dean is also getting married and he weirdly invites... Uh, Rory and Lorelai, but they don't go in the end, and Taylor is mean, and yeah, I nice got lost. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I think we covered most things. <laughs> okay, 
Let's slow down then. We've already managed to cover a good amount of this cold open, which centers around largely around a haircut and a security system. Mm -hmm. (laughs) What more could you want from a cold open? I think in the past, sometimes when there are like quirky cold openings, we've complained that they have nothing to do with the rest of the episode's plot. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But this one, they did a good job of like making it a thing throughout the whole episode. I agree. Like when Lorelai was talking about the this like mail carrier bit, like as evidence that stuff does happen in town, she says we have a new (laughs) mail carrier and he like delivers mail to other people to give to other people. And I thought, oh, how quirky and fun. But then it actually is a recurring bit throughout the episode. So I was like, well done. Well done. And the security system is also another fun little bit throughout the episode. It's interesting that Kirk is no longer the mail deliverer, mail carrier. Well, he's at the security company. <laughs> Maybe true. he had one too many gigs. <laughs> That's true. They had a better offer for him. <laughs> mm-hmm. So what do you think of Rory's haircut? I like it. I don't know. It's kind of hard because I, I do like it. It's hard to get used to her every time. Like mm-hmm. it always feels kind of like a shock when she cuts it all off, even though every I mean, it happens every time I watch the show, <laughs> but I like it. And you've had a similar haircut. Yeah, I and I have successfully scheduled my next haircut for next week, mm-hmm. which will be when this episode comes out. I think I get my haircut the day after this episode comes out. Nice. So I have as close as I could based on my <laughs> hairstylist availability scheduled my I'm gonna go short like Rory so doing it for the pod (laughs) it's like a good fall kind of haircut I think and above the shoulders it's just such a nice length you can still manage to get it up in a ponytail but you're so free yeah so yeah but I found it interesting the way that um she just like shows up in the episode with a cut it's not like a storyline like Lane's hair was a storyline it makes me wonder, like, was it? And then they just cut it like she cut her hair. <laughs> I don't know. She just shows up and like, it was a trim. Like, yeah. I just felt like it. Yeah, it's also, it's interesting because I feel like when you're an actor on a show, especially, they're like strict with what kind of changes you can make to your physical appearance. So mm-hmm. either she did it and then they had to like write around it or they planned it, <laughs> which yeah, is almost I feel like it weirder. had to be planned. Yeah. It's like on Game of Thrones, the actor who, Kit Harrington, who played Jon Snow, it was like in his contract, I'm pretty sure that he couldn't cut his hair. He had to have those gorgeous Jon Snow locks, <laughs> you know? And so I think people would say like they'd be on the lookout if he got a haircut. They would be like, oh, his character's probably dead or something like that. <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe Alexis really just wanted a shorter hair and bargained for it mm-hmm. or something. Either way, I think it's cute, too. I feel like it gets a little um, criticism. Or it's definitely not. I feel like it's never anyone's favorite era of Rory's hair. I'm not sure. We'll have to Mm -hmm. pull. Yeah. I feel like it's just from the shock of it, you know? Like, anytime Mm -hmm. you get a big chop on your hair, then you're shocked about it. It takes a while to get used to. But, yeah, you know, she did it. Lorelai's a bit upset about it in like a sarcastic funny way she's Mm -hmm. making teasing Rory for not telling her about it and like Rory will do all this stuff but she won't tell her mother she cut her hair that it was cute (laughs) I know it's a sign that she's changing yeah 
growing up. I wonder if she'd always wanted to do that. And then she, but Lorelai always like scoffed at cutting her hair short or something. And so then she went to college and Lorelai wasn't there. And so she finally could cut her hair. (laughs) Yeah, that could be. I also feel like Lorelai could be the mom who would like be down for any sort of hair transformation. Mm -hmm. Like my mom never held me back. I've never colored my hair, though, so it's not like she had to hold me back for much. But I do remember I watched the Rugrats movie and the guy, Chucky's dad, marries this French woman who has like an asymmetrical bob where it's like shorter on one. And I tried that. Like I got that as a kid and it did not work. Then we had to get it cut really short to get it all one length again and to recover (laughs) from it. So that long anecdote is just to say, I feel like Lorelai would allow something like that as well. Yeah, my parents also allowed me to do whatever I wanted with my hair, which for me meant a lot of things. At one point, I I had a mohawk or I had like uh, uh, big spikes of hair that I would gel up in the morning and my mom being supportive, would go out into the backyard with me and spray paint the color onto my <laughs> hair before now school. Now support. <laughs> yeah. Would they stay up all day? Yeah, I put so much... There's, like, really <laughs> intense hairsprays and gels out there that will will work. The hardest part was getting right. into a car, having to, like, oh. drive with your head tilted. <laughs> Keep it out the window. Yeah, but... You needed like a Corvette or something to take the top down. Yeah, but then the wind might mess mess it up, you know. Even the strongest of gels. Yeah. Okay. Moving well, on. Well, there's our thoughts about <laughs> hair <laughs> in this o- opening scene. Anything else we should cover about it before we move on? I don't think so, except it's just going to be a recurring bit that Kirk is worried about Lorelai because she lives alone now. She's, She's a spinster. pretty spinster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So the next morning, I believe, Rory wakes up to find Lorelai marking a path to get around the motion sensors with sticky notes that are notably yellow. And Rory makes a follow the yellow sticky or yellow stick road. Uh, very punny, I guess. <laughs> yellow stick road. <laughs> yeah. Clever. Um, so that's how she has to, at one point, crouch down and hop to get past the sensor. It's pretty mm-hmm. physical comedy pretty good Rory mentions at one point when I she said like when I think about going to therapy I wasn't <laughs> going to bring you up but now I am yeah <laughs> which was a really funny comment yeah um, but this is really kind of like a early morning scene before they both go about their days and Rory share, shares her plan to go have a very classic sort of stars hollow day which she does in the next scene I have my Stars Hollow moment because I love the way that they like really put in some extra effort into like the setting of this scene. There's mm-hmm. like a song playing and the camera kind of like zooms in on Rory from afar and she's sitting in the gazebo just like sprawled out on a bench reading and it's like a whole mood that I would like love to do that mm-hmm. and then it's brutally interrupted <laughs> by her just suddenly being in the midst of these wedding people who are like setting up for what she comes to realize is Dean and Lindsay's wedding and it's a very like very wonderful pleasant thing brutally interrupted mm-hmm. and it, it does Anytime I've, like, tried to make a whole point of going to somewhere peaceful to read 
something always interrupts it like geese or something like that so it's very realistic (laughs) i've definitely tried to go to a park for reading Mm -hmm. and i'm not always met with like no success but i feel like bugs are my common detractor yeah just hard to focus (laughs) but after seeing all of this preparation for the wedding there's also a big poster with uh dean and Lindsay. so she finds out what it is she goes and it costs uh lane i thought this was totally out of line she like Mm -hmm. is mad at lane for not telling her that this is the weekend that dean is getting married even though nobody knew rory was coming home that weekend (laughs) right it just seemed totally unfair and also we get so little lane and their friendship so far this season and this is the first thing we get it's just i i was angry (laughs) i agree i had another quick follow-up nomination in this scene too and it was my friday night dinner critique and i was thinking about what you said last week when you were like i don't buy that lane as a college student because they've shown us like no evidence of it and i felt the same way here that there's just like hardly any dedication to a lane storyline thus far in the season And it's not like it would take that much effort to even give it like a modicum of effort by at least giving us a college name or talking about how she's a commuter student or something. (laughs) And this is like even more noticeable in this episode. I felt like when they barely gave her and Dave any kind of like closure, because this is when, you know, Roy and Lane finish up their conversation and we realize that, um, Lane has put her bandmates in the like an armoire, not an armoire, like a, a like, wardrobe. Ward- I don't know. She hid them away, let's say, because she thought <laughs> it was her mom coming home. And then they get to talking about like needing to solve their guitar problem. And it's Zach who gets to go on this rant about Dave leaving, which is actually pretty funny. He's like, Dave is dead to me. <laughs> he went to college. Nobody comes back from California. I like the meta mentioned because yeah. the actor Adam Brody's going to the OC which is in California oh, yeah I didn't, didn't think of that <laughs> yeah a little nod there but all in all it's like Lane I don't think hardly gets to say anything about Dave leaving mm-hmm. like we mostly hear about it from Zach and then when Rory and Lane have a quick little conversation at the end before Rory leaves like Rory doesn't even ask Lane at yeah. all about Dave and I'm like are we supposed to think that Rory already knew and like her and Lane have talked about it already but they give us no indication of like either they have talked about it and this isn't new news or it is new and Rory's just a bad friend and didn't even (laughs) follow up either way it's not satisfying as a viewer and a fan of Lane and it's just so hard to see her like not prioritized at all as a character by the writers when they're like setting up season four here yeah Yeah, I totally agree. Lane at one point says that he, like, it's fine you have to move away for college, but um, she didn't have to move away for college. Rory doesn't have to move away for college. Yeah. It's just, it was such a terrible excuse. I was also really, like, you mentioned that Rory might not have, this might be her finding out also that Dave is gone, and I feel like that has to be the case because... Lane and Dave got together basically at the end of season three and then supposedly Rory has been gone all summer and then all of a sudden she went to Yale so maybe they've had phone Mm -hmm. conversations since then but I kind of doubt it with how Rory is sometimes so it's just so disappointing 
Yeah, or they might have had a moment to talk when Rory dropped off her souvenir to Lane. Yeah, that was like she said she was doing that, but we never got to see that scene. But the way that they were like so busy that day makes me feel like they wouldn't have had that much Mm -hmm. time to talk about Dave at length either. So it's just it is really questionable yeah honestly on the writer's part (laughs) and lane didn't seem upset at all by dave being gone which is weird for her first love kind of situation (laughs) yeah for that being like her whole plot line practically in addition to help alien last season (sighs) sigh yeah get get your act together writers i know that there is going to be more lane and the band stuff coming up so that's good but i don't know i mean people are always disappointed with how her storyline goes basic I think pretty much from this point on like with her romance with Zach and then the baby stuff yeah Dave was like her peak romantic storyline and that's all they cared about (laughs) yeah it's so weird because isn't Lane based on one of ASP's like childhood friends or a friend in her life I would like write much better material for a character I based on my best friend like they deserve better maybe they had a falling out after season three she's like now you get to be with Zach yeah yeah that's so true but I will say Zach was looking cuter in this season he's got like longer hair and he's looking cuter I would say yeah yeah he looks kind of like a more grungy rocker kind of like Kurt Cobain-ish speaking of guys who are looking cuter hate to say it but Rory runs into Dean Mm -hmm. in the next scene he looks much cuter, and he's looking very like (laughs) tall and tan he also has slightly longer hair he's almost looking a bit Californian again like he did when he came back for season two which doesn't quite make sense but maybe he and Lindsay went to the beach or something um over summer um But I was like, yeah, he's definitely on, like, the cusp of supernatural Mm -hmm. hotness. You know, like, good for Jared Padalecki. (laughs) And I was looking it up to see whether he was filming Supernatural at this point. And I don't think he was yet because that came out in 2005. And the first season of Supernatural, he has, like, a shorter, it's almost like a Bieber, Justin Bieber type cut. (laughs) Like, he has bangs. That was the the period. Yeah, so, he like, he... Later in Supernatural, he has hair like this, but not at the very beginning. So, but yeah, he looked way better. Yeah. Unfortunately. Good for for Lindsay for now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. In this uh, encounter, it's super awkward, as you would imagine, with Rory and Dean. And Rory's trying to come up with conversation, is kind of babbling like she usually does. And then Dean suggests that she and Lorelai should come to the wedding. Yeah, so they want chicken or beef, and then he's like, oh, you're absolutely beef people, like, duh, which is kind of a weird statement. I want to pause and ask, like, what do you think it means to say someone's a chicken person or a beef person in your mind? I was thinking chicken tends to be more of the, like, health-conscious option, like, Mm -hmm. lower fat Mm -hmm. or whatever like that, depending on how it's cooked. So I was assuming that's kind of where he was going, like, beef is the more flavorful fatty option yeah like more of a Lorelai and Rory who don't care about health (laughs) yeah I also think like maybe chicken is more like oh you're more like reserved Mm, and then beef you're like more extravagant or something because it's also like (laughs) the kind of person who would splurge for the more expensive entree or want the fancier thing yeah yeah (laughs) 
Weird. I think I'm a beef person too. <laughs> yeah, I'm like not good at cooking chicken so that it doesn't come out all dry. So I usually prefer beef if I can swing it, you know. Mm-hmm. Dry chicken's the grossest thing ever. Yeah. But also another question I had watching the scene right when Dean invites both of them I felt like it put Rory in such yeah an awkward position yeah and it's like what was she supposed to say like how can she say no in that moment like I don't know like could she have responded in any other way in this scene than like okay (laughs) like how do you say no you know without like hurting his feelings or I don't even know but it was so awkward yeah I agree I don't think there is a way he also didn't give her a chance to speak, really, mm-hmm. and then just said goodbye. Yeah, he it's was, weird. like, very... He had an interesting energy because Lorelai mm-hmm. will later ask her, like, oh, what was his body language? And he was very, like, excited yeah. in a, a strange way. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he wanted her to show up at the wedding and, I don't know, say that they shouldn't get married or something. <laughs> oh, yeah, maybe. I don't know. Or like, here's the way I can have both of them there, and it will be, I, I'm not sure. Yeah, just How weird. do you think Lindsay reacted to this news that her husband-to-be suddenly invited two guests the day before <laughs> and that they are his ex-girlfriend and his ex-girlfriend's mom? <laughs> I honestly don't think he told her. Dean seems mm. like the kind of fiance that doesn't understand what goes into planning a wedding and so doesn't like seating charts, yeah so he wouldn't respect <laughs> he wouldn't realize that it like makes a huge difference to add two people last minute <laughs> mm, that's probably incredibly likely or if he did tell her then they maybe got in an argument and then that would be one reason he does choose to get so drunk at his bachelor party yeah, leader maybe. More on that in a moment. Our next scene, we are back home with Lorelai, who's with Kirk, trying to get this security alarm sorted out. Neither of them really seem to know what's going on. And Kirk, (laughs) poor guy, is trying. He was mildly electrocuted trying (laughs) to figure things out. Ultimately, they end up doing the thing that you would logically, I think, go to first, which is changing the code to something Lorelai knows. Mm -hmm. I the way that she so quickly typed in numbers, I feel like she did one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yeah. <laughs> or like as her combo, do you think of anything else? When when Emily gets a panic room when she and Richard are split up, doesn't she do like one 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 or something like that? She doesn't she never changes <laughs> yes. the preset password. That's yeah. funny. <laughs> yeah. Or it could be Rory's birth year something yeah birthday maybe. it was like seven digits though which i think is an odd like yeah. an odd a weird okay <laughs> i hid my lorelei's closet for kirk's uniform which i thought was kind of <laughs> the funniest hodgepodge of uniform things it was just like a a black pants and a black shirt and a like thin black tie but then he had what looked like a police badge or like detective badge or something (laughs) and then he had like patches that said security and a hat that said security on it and I just thought it was like the perfect uh representation of Kirk and his many jobs like just kind of mashing things together to look professional the costume (laughs) department really threw that one together pretty quickly (laughs) I loved it plus he looks he looks pretty good in black I think yeah no he was looking good 
and very secure Mm -hmm. you know um i had another nomination in this scene as well when kirk is talking about the alarm system and all this like saying was my just sass attack he's talking about how he asked his co-worker jimmy to really crank up the volume (laughs) and um because you want your neighbors to hear it right and you don't want them to say is that a fan did i leave the water running (laughs) you want your neighbors to know it's an alarm like I just thought it was really funny. And the way that um, he delivered the lines, the very kind of like sarcastic rhetorical questions, but so serious at the same time. That raises the question, what did Babette and Maury do every time Lorelai's alarm was going off over the past few days? (laughs) Yeah, you think if Babette called all of those consulates and stuff Mm -hmm. for their safety, um, what did she think about that alarm? Maybe she... Maybe they have bad hearing yeah. <laughs> because Babette talks so loud. <laughs> That's possible. Poor Babette. Poor Maury. <laughs> mm-hmm. In the next, well, later in this scene, Suki arrives and uh, we find out that things are moving forward with the Dragonfly Inn, but Michelle has kind of been left out of the loop. This was my mm. Friday night dinner. There are like other things in this episode I could have uh, brought up, but I thought that this one was pretty egregious. Because as, like, Suki talks about how Michelle called and was kind of uh, freaking out about not being part of everything. And then they kind of go on this weird, like, I don't know, conversation of, like, well, he is pretty abrasive. And he is, well, Mm. and it's like they're almost actually thinking of not including Michelle, which is just astounding to me. He should have been included from the very beginning. They should have been a three, like a three partners for the inn or at least he should have been like included from the very beginning as the manager there's no excuse for how they're treating him in this episode he should have been there from the beginning Mm -hmm. i was pretty upset about it poor michelle yeah poor guy and so they go to visit him Mm -hmm. in the next scene as a way to get him back you know or reassure him and he is working at like the epitome of a place you think you would find michelle yeah. you know it this place is so modern and sleek all the employees are wearing black and look so like new york or whatever and they have these headsets on which michelle later calls fabulous <laughs> and it's very much a case of like wanting your ex to see you doing mm-hmm. really well you know um because he's kind of putting on this like performance of like oh isn't this place great i'm doing so well but there's a couple lines where we get clues that like he's not loving this work too much like someone is always on his headset um a couple other things but either way he tries to play it cool as they're asked like checking in with him and uh he denies that he called sookie and cried (laughs) (laughs) and um Anyway, so when they, you know, they basically are like, yeah, you're in with us and they leave and he says, thank God. (laughs) So at least, you know, they came to their senses and made sure to get him back. Mm -hmm. Honestly, when I remember the revival, sometimes I think this scene is in the revival because it's kind of a similar storyline. Yeah. uh, But it fits better then because that's about him choosing to leave and wanting growth and different things in his life. Whereas this is like him just feeling forgotten and left behind yeah poor michelle maybe if he had been included in as a partner in the dragonfly he would have been able to make it more of a spa and stuff from the very beginning 
Mm. And then he wouldn't have had to leave in the revival. Though I do yeah. I do applaud him for doing what's best for himself. I guess. Yes, totally. <laughs> so after this scene, we go to Luke's where Lorelai and Rory are talking about the wedding invitation. And this is where Lorelai is like trying to kind of scope out what Dean was thinking by asking Rory all these questions. And Rory can't decide whether to go or not. They kind of land on like, well, they kind of have to go now that they've been invited. There's no way to just not Mm -hmm. go without also causing problems, (laughs) which makes sense. I don't know. Too bad she couldn't think of a good excuse on her feet at the moment, but... (laughs) I wouldn't have been able to. I feel like I would, yeah, in her shoes, I feel like I would try to think up an excuse to not go. Like, oh, I have to. oh, something came up. Yeah, or like, (laughs) she needs to get back to Yale or, I mean, that's a Yeah, something came up at Yale. Yeah, yeah. Or we already, I talked to my mom and I forgot we already had plans. I'm so sorry. Like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) my grandma died. No, no. (laughs) Not that far. Also, as you mentioned, when Lorelai's questioning this and she asked what his body language was like, I did notice Rory just says tall. It's true. <laughs> what is his body language? Tall. <laughs> I love uh, that. It's true. <laughs> it reminds me of all those, like, that commentary on, like, what are girls looking for in a guy? Tall. That's tall. <laughs> I never really got that, but it is yeah. true. Yeah. It is true. The other major thing in this scene is Miss Patty delivering the mail. This is a reference to the mail carrier bit. All of their mail has gone to her. And there's a letter marked urgent that Lorelai opens. And apparently Taylor has sent her a cease and desist on the inn. um, Sent from like the historical society. And they need to get approval to start building. And I have two initial thoughts. First... I don't know if you send a cease and desist for yeah. that. Second, I, our trusted builder, is his name Bob? Uh, Who's the Tom, guy? Tom. Tom. Tim. Like, Tom. I don't think Tom would have gone ahead for building without getting all the proper, like, permits and shit like that. Like, you don't just start building an inn, mm-hmm. you know? Like, they have to get approval. There's zones. There's things. I don't know much about it. But I know that if there were rules in town that you had to get checked by the society, Tom would have, like, told Lorelai that this whole, like, blindsided thing just felt um, not, like, it doesn't feel like it made sense yeah. to me. But then just going forward with the assumption, like, well, that's what's happening. That's how it's going in the episode. It was just straight up annoying. He's so petty. For a guy who built a window between his <laughs> shop and Luke's, he is being pretty ridiculous with all these demands for Lorelai. Like, I fully understand yeah. the historical site things, but that would have been, I mean, in the real world, they would have found out about that when they bought the place, I'm sure. But mm-hmm. also, Taylor had plenty of time to let them know about these requirements it's not like they were doing it in secret and yeah i'm sure tom would have known about it as well it just seemed so petty and the whole reason he was doing it was just to get his ice cream truck also so it wasn't even like yeah he could have just not done it at all and nobody would have known the difference so taylor was just being petty and annoying yeah this is like the reason there's like taylor haters Mm -hmm. out there you know because this was just such an aggravating taylor episode and maybe i will 
briefly take upon like a Taylor defense here and think about like from the the character writing perspective and perhaps think like maybe the writers are a little off on their characterization of Taylor Mm -hmm. and his motives in this episode because I mean we have seen him he has some like self-centered tendencies yes but then he also has very like for the town tendencies as well and so if this had been an aggravating thing where it was all about him being obsessed with like his ver- his vision of protecting the town and the historical buildings, that would have been one thing. And but then to have it be more about his self-centered business and wanting like an ice cream truck, that's when it becomes just like mm-hmm. beyond the bounds of annoying. So maybe if they could have like changed his motive, we would have been like, it's annoying, but it is Taylor. Yeah. That's like what he does for the town. Yeah, that would make a lot more sense. I'd be more in line with the Taylor who renames all the streets <laughs> for their revolutionary war <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That's a good episode. Yeah. Uh, Lorelai confronts Taylor and I was kind of annoyed with the way that she did it because of sexism in society (laughs) she like goes up to him and she's kind of trying to act like um Mm -hmm. nonchalant about it and then she's like I'm having kind of a Mm -hmm. blonde moment today (laughs) and wonder can you explain this to me (laughs) every day of my life is a blonde day and I'm getting a PhD okay (laughs) yeah it means nothing (laughs) But so she like mm-hmm. has to play up this kind of helpless girl vibe because Taylor's the kind of guy, at least in this episode, who is so like condescending and patronizing that if she came up to him with like her actual confidence that she has in so many other situations, he would have reacted differently. I don't know. It was just so annoying. Mm. Like, yeah, that this had to happen. And that it was written this way. I just didn't like it. Just It didn't seem like Lorelai either. We never really see her do that right. kind of stuff. Yeah. She like frames it as like, oh, this is like the way business is done. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't take this letter personally. I have to like think of it as my business. I need to go over and be so friendly and sweet rather than like coming from a place of anger about getting the letter. And it is annoying in this scene but I do love the way that it leads to like her meltdown later mm-hmm. on <laughs> about like I'm not being sweet anymore I've learned something today and we'll get there yeah. but um the thing I did like in this scene is my got a taste test which is Rory eating her chocolate 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 ice cream I am also a fan of anything that has more than one kind of chocolate mm-hmm. in it like all the chocolate please and she's just like getting it on her face and interrupting their conversation about like this really is chocolate 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 and when taylor says it's 350 for the ice cream rory says that's 350 well spent (laughs) it does sound delicious it it. sounds like um yeah there's that ben and jerry's ice cream that's like the brownie chocolate brownie one that's like chocolate ice cream with brownies in it plus fudge sign me up tracks or whatever it's delicious mm-hmm. we interrupt this podcast with a message from our sponsor have you ever thought to yourself nothing ever happens in stars hollow well you're wrong plenty happens here we've got pretty spinsters living alone who need protected at all costs stars hollow security company has a strong sense of chivalry when it comes to women living alone so they're here to keep the spinsters safe 
We offer a state-of-the-art motion detector security system. For high security regions, our installer, Jimmy, can really crank it up. After all, if you're going to have an alarm, you need it loud. You don't want some crazed, knife-wielding gunman in a dirty tank top at your throat and the neighbors are going like, is that a fan? Did I leave the water running? You want them to know, hey, that's an alarm. If you have an emergency or need help troubleshooting, you can call our Alarm Response Center. Since we only have one seasoned employee, Jimmy, and our one trainee, Kirk, your call might be answered by Meg, who sweeps up. She'll direct your call when one of our employees is in the office next. Mention Talking Fast when you order your Stars Hollow security system, and the company will throw in a one-of-a-kind, free-of-charge, clowny security card detail. That's right. When you're out and about, Kirk will drive around in a weird little car, watching out for you so you can feel safe anywhere you go. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hi, I'm your inner dream monologue and you're fast asleep, so I'll be quick. Great job using the Colgate Optic White Overnight Teeth Whitening Pen before bed. When used as directed, it gives you a visibly whiter smile in just seven days. So while I fly and talk to animals, you're removing teeth stains with ease. Sweet dreams. And when you wake up, keep on living life to the brightest. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. After this, uh, we get to the town hall because part of the whole deal was that Lorelai and Suki would need to present to the town and I guess the kind of council members, what their plan is, so they can do that at the town hall meeting that evening. And they're there with all of their materials and everything. Michelle is even there. They're all ready to give a good presentation. Taylor's being an asshole <laughs> and like mm-hmm. uh, kind of prolonging the meeting so that it doesn't get to them. And right before they, he finally lets them speak we, the town meeting devolves into what is my star's hollow moment uh when all of a sudden everybody in the town meeting is just exchanging their mail from one to another <laughs> so that everybody gets their own mail because of the poor mail carrier who might even be in that room <laughs> i just loved yeah, it it's like everybody knows each other well enough and Gypsy had read, was it Andrew's letter from his girlfriend? Yeah. That was funny. Yeah. Yeah, it was a great scene. Very Stars Hollow. That was. Yeah. I also had a very Stars Hollow Roy's Bookshelf nomination in this Ooh. scene. One of the things Taylor does to kind of fill up all of the time <laughs> is talk about this uh, fourth grader Donnie's book, which won a, 
a prize or something like that. It's called The Happiest Donut, oh. and it has an illustration of a donut on the front, and he describes it as funny and a little sad and truly inspiring, <laughs> and that the dunking scene may be too intense for preschoolers. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, Michelle asks, like, how can a donut be happy? And Rory goes, like, that's when you know it's a good book that you're already wondering, like, <laughs> how it goes, and... I just want to say, like, I want to read that book, you know? Mm-hmm. Well done, Donnie. <laughs> yeah, the illustrations looked interesting as well. Plus, probably make me hungry for a donut. <laughs> I'm often hungry for a donut. I currently have pumpkin donut holes I picked Ooh, up at the grocery oh, store. Yeah. Very that good. That sounds delicious. It is the season. Yeah. So finally, in this, after all the mail has been exchanged, first off, Taylor adjourns the meeting before they even get a chance to speak, but then he finally lets them take the stage And he's kind of heckling them from the very beginning. Like, he doesn't let Lorelai finish a sentence before he starts asking all these Mm -hmm. clarifying questions. And it's just so rude and mean. And yeah, Taylor, I I mean, I am kind of a Taylor apologist in general. I enjoy his character most of the time. But yeah, in this this episode, he was just so annoying, such an asshole for no reason. It was just bad, a bad look for him. It was above and beyond, Mm -hmm. truly. I'm curious to see how his storylines go for the rest of season four. Like, does it take a turn? Yeah, that's true. I'm not sure. We'll have to see. He can't be an asshole all the time because then I wouldn't like his character. (laughs) But I can't remember when. (laughs) So as Lorelai and Sikki are up there giving the presentation, Lorelai gets a phone call from the house and has to step out, which I thought was interesting is in such an important presentation i would have given the phone to rory but you know (laughs) yeah she steps out and it's kirk calling from their house saying that he's caught an intruder and then he describes lane who is there using the garage for band practice as they always do and rory has to be sent to liberate lane and brian and uh Zach and I guess they're auditioning guitarists. So when Lorelai is on her way back, she learns that Taylor just shut things down while she was gone. So she tracks him down and he has been like speed walking away, but she gets him and basically like grabs him by the jacket and is like, what do I need to do? And he says they can have that is in the scene, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, just making sure. Um, Yeah, she grabs him and he's like, well, we could do a walkthrough. And this asshole schedules it for 6 a.m. Yeah, that's 6 crazy. a.m. Oh, my God. He's being so awful. I know. And he's like before church. But as far as I know, the earliest (laughs) church service I've ever seen was at 8 o'clock. And even most are like 9 o'clock. So, yeah, he's just being ridiculous. The church is just in the square, you know? (laughs) I know, seriously, but that is the deal they agree to. Mm -hmm. It's just so many hoops to jump through that he's not communicating in advance. They're just a new hoop appears. It's so frustrating. Yeah. After this scene, we get a truly strange scene, which is at Luke's where Dean walks in. I thought that this attempt at acting drunk was pretty ridiculous and not not the most accurate I've like ever all seen. Of them. Yeah. All of these young boys pretending to be drunk. They're all like 18, um. right? <laughs> They're all like. Right, because 
they were drinking beer in a jc penny parking oh lot gosh. that was like stage one that's why they're drunk wow like, yeah and they're like singing the stars hollow high fight song like these guys are clearly just out of high school and they're on a bachelor mm-hmm. party round they just played crazy. laser tag yeah which does sound sound fun it does as luke later asks like how can you top laser tag That's true. you might as well go home <laughs> And their DD, their yeah sober uh, driver, I guess, is Kyle, who is our guy. Kyle. Yeah, he is now in the Navy. He's wearing like a full Navy uniform, <laughs> and he's talking about like he's kind of got this like old man type of vibe talking with mm-hmm. Luke, like all oh, these youngsters, you know, all drunk yeah. and everything. <laughs> I thought there was pretty like funny commentary too about the ongoing like war at the time because he talks about like oh yeah the people in my family were in the marines as well uh we weren't on like active through like multiple fronts then though and he like kind of stares off into space like hmm i might be (laughs) in in war soon yeah that's true i guess this was like right in the height of the wars in iraq and afghanistan Uh, the middle east yeah. yeah Post 9-11, too, as we discussed yeah. recently yeah. <laughs> in the other episode. He also has a comically funny outfit mm-hmm. as well for a Marine. Is that what they actually look like? Because he looked like he had a Marine costume on. He looked like a fun sailor from a yeah. comic. Well, he's in the Navy. <laughs> oh, the Navy. My I bad. think that that is probably, like, close to what their dress uniform might be. Not their, like, mm. everyday uniform. But I don't know for sure. My... I only have family in the Air Force, and that's a very different look, (laughs) so I'm not sure. Yeah. (laughs) But I have my gazebo moment coming up in this scene because I think this is, like, a very iconic and memorable moment, and I also love the way it's so... It's so successfully dramatic as part of, like, one of these longest storylines of Dean and Rory, Mm -hmm. and it's this moment when Dean drunkenly just mutters Rory's name out of nowhere. And Luke just like assesses this and takes hold of the situation instantly. And he's like, oh, this is bad. Like, this is not good. And he convinces everyone else to leave. And he takes Dean up to his room to put him to bed. And Dean still is muttering about Rory and how she's got nice hair and a nice head and like (laughs) how smart she is and all of this stuff. And he says he misses her Mm. and he asks why she didn't love him, which is like heartbreaking. (laughs) So sad, honestly. And um, I just think like it's such uh, like in terms of their like storyline, we're in this like post Rory and Dean phase. And then once it was him and Lindsay, we didn't always have access to like, what is Dean thinking? Mm-hmm. What is he feeling? Like, we can make assumptions. Like, we think she's, like, uh, we think he's in this rebound phase, this, like, sudden marriage. And this was such a fun way to, like, um, get confirmation and see what's actually going on in his head. And we learn, like, it's just what we would think. And, like, we just have this gut, this horrible gut feeling mm-hmm. knowing he's still going to go ahead with marrying Lindsay. And the conflict is just brewing from this. And I think it's very successfully done in terms of like drama and I also just thought how do you think about like the Luke of all of this and like the way that he handles the situation because it's like Luke has always been you know on the just side of things and it was so interesting to see him like kind of taking care of Dean in this moment yeah 
I don't know. It. I thought he did a great job, although part of me also questions why he didn't act like confront Dean about it in the morning, but I don't know that that would have been a good move. I did wonder, you know? yeah. It might have been like such a volatile situation. What he did was the best. It's it's not really his place to question anyways. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know. I thought about that as well because he was so rooting for Jess and Rory. But I think part of him also knew that Jess and Rory weren't actually good together when they were together. And mm. Dean and Rory potentially were better more often. <laughs> but I don't know. I think I think he just was doing his Luke take care of everybody um, silently kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I thought it was really great of him. And then in the morning, I do think maybe there was a certain like he thought about approaching the subject, mm-hmm. but then also like, this isn't my place. Like we don't have that relationship. Like that's ultimately for Dean to figure out on his own, I mm-hmm. guess. But another thing I just thought about, I either consciously or subconsciously, I wonder if Luke reacted in this way because he identifies with Dean in a certain way they have similar positions where like Luke went and got married as well when he (laughs) can't be with Lorelai and we have to think was he somewhere drunkenly muttering Mm Lorelai as well you know um so maybe there's something there too they're in parallel circumstances in a way that's a good point (sighs) the drama (laughs) yeah Drama, drama. Yeah. Um, but before we get back to this in the morning after with like the wedding stuff, we do return to the Taylor and Lorelai storyline at 6 a.m. Mm-hmm. in the morning, Sunday, <laughs> where they're arguing about a porch that was added in 1980. <laughs> and yet Taylor is claiming it is historical and they should build like a clear walkway oh over gosh. it <laughs> to maintain the porch. He's So that's how things are going here. He's like <laughs> saying this is how things become historical in the future is by maintaining them. But I still think that He's saying that he, like, maintained historical accuracy and stuff in his soda shop, but then he built, he (laughs) tore down that wall. That's not historically accurate. He just got, he has no legs to stand on, (laughs) and he's just being so petty. Um, And I think this is the part where Lorelai takes him by the collar and, like, is begging him, Mm. like, what can I do? What do I need to do to make this go away? Because they're, they're plan to have like contractors and workers come the very next day so you know time is ticking and this is when time's money yeah, we find out all taylor wanted was for lorelei to use her influence over luke to get an ice cream truck so that he can put an ice cream truck out in front of the on the street in front of the two stores ah, it's so so frustrating and i think you're totally right that the if it had just been about the historical accuracy stuff it would have been a bit more forgivable because he just mm-hmm. cares that much about Stars Hollow. But adding this in is just yeah. so selfish. And we find out he didn't he hasn't even asked Luke. Yeah, and I feel like time and time again we see the number one thing Taylor does is go to Luke and make requests. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> he's not shy about it. That's their whole relationship. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Lorelai uh takes this to heart right away and like rushes off taking a shortcut as Suki and Michelle mention. I guess she's gonna like wade through the lake or whatever <laughs> to, <laughs> to get to Luke's. And the next scene we have is Lorelai like bursting into Luke's and asking him. She doesn't get to the point right away. She like 
kind of uh, goes off about Taylor a little bit and how Luke never gives him what he wants and that kind of stuff. And then finally, finally, it's just like, will you let him have his ice cream truck in front of his store? It might be slightly in front of yours. And Luke says, sure, like without even thinking about it. Uh, <laughs> and we find out that Taylor never asked Luke because the last the last re- request that Taylor had was to have like was a gigantic ice cream cone in front yeah. of the store, yeah. which Luke obviously said no to. <laughs> which also Taylor, if you're obsessed with historical accuracy, putting a huge ice cream cone in the middle of the town square doesn't seem like it fits that. But or a truck even yeah. Unless it's going to be like an antique truck. Yeah, that's kind of what I had imagined, like a vintage. Oh, okay. But that would be cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but this all leads to a very awesome meltdown from Lorelai. That was very nearly my gazebo moment as well because I feel like Lauren Graham really went off mm-hmm. on like the comedic height, heightened emotions Lorelai's having here. She's like, I learned something very <laughs> valuable today. I had a business epiphany. The Lorelai you knew is dead. <laughs> business is about scratching backs and kissing things. Business is dirty. Business is back rooms. The meek shall not inherit the earth and so on and so forth. I paraphrase some of the better lines. But um, yeah, essentially she's kind of losing it a little bit after all of the stress from Taylor. And then she kind of rushes off again and says, I got to find Taylor and close the steel. <laughs> and she snaps. It was really funny. <laughs> uh, Classic. <laughs> and yeah, I did. I did like this like moment, um, even though the whole storyline as a whole was just hard to watch mm-hmm. in general. But this was kind of a fun thing, like almost like a drama. Like this would seriously be like her character having a moment yeah. of like, this is how I'm going to do business now. But the way it's kind of a joke, it's just fun. yeah, it's like a little satire of the way business happens, I guess. In a drama, it'd be followed with like a montage of her enacting all of these things, like having shady business deals behind closed doors and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that'd be great. Mm-hmm. After she leaves, though, Luke heads upstairs where Dean has just woken up. He gives Dean a smoothie, which looks pretty good, honestly, um, to help with yeah. the hangover. Hangover care. Yeah. And they kind of both have an awkward non-conversation where they're, it's clear that they're both thinking about what happened and Dean obviously remembers what he said. Uh, or does he? I think he does. Or at least he knows something mm. because why else would yeah. Luke have like stopped the party and brought him up? I don't know. I feel like he just yeah, knows yeah. something happened and yeah. something to do with Rory. But Dean heads out to go to his wedding and Luke st- stands there <laughs> in the room looking kind of contemplative. Can we just like also... Like, the fact that he was out getting drunk, and then he this is, like, an yeah. hour before he's supposed to be at the church. Like, what if he'd slept in an hour more? Like, he didn't have an alarm. Like, what was the plan? Yeah. This just stresses me out. <laughs> like, you should not be having your bachelor night, like, the night before your I wedding. <laughs> I wanted to ask you, as somebody who will be soon getting married, when is a good time to have a bachelor bachelorette party? Is it, like, a few days before the wedding, or would you say... A week or so before the wedding. I think from the ones that I've been invited invited to, they're off, they're often like a couple months before okay. actually now. 
and like I, I don't think I would want to do it too close to the wedding because if I'm already asking people to travel mm-hmm. for it, you know, you wouldn't want them to have to come twice or have to like stay that long. So I think I would do like a month or two before probably. Um, but I want to do something simple because the thing I did like about this was that it was like one evening yeah. of like celebration, right? Like they've become a whole like thing and a whole expense that you can see endless posts mm-hmm. about it on various social media about how like expensive it is to be in a wedding party these mm-hmm. days. And I do not want to place that burden on my friends. So the one thing about Dean I will say is, you know, the only cost was probably that beer that they had <laughs> in the parking lot, some laser tag. I probably went to dinner or something like it was probably a low cost mm-hmm. night. So that's yeah, good. <laughs> like $50 max. <laughs> I guess you won't be taking all of your friends to Las Vegas for a weekend then. Disappointing. (laughs) No, no. Uh, The only reason I would want to go to Las Vegas is that so many like celebrity chefs have restaurants there because it's such like a tourist place that it actually has a really cool food scene that I just want to go and eat at all of the restaurants like Gordon Ramsay or so many others have places there. And then there's good hiking as well. I would go to, I think Adele is in residency in Vegas right now. I would yeah, love to see her. Exactly. There's like shows and stuff, mm-hmm. which would be fun yeah. too. Yeah. I've never been to yeah. Vegas. I don't think I could handle it too much. <laughs> Me either. I hear it's more, it's more low key during the week. Yeah. Rather than the sense, weekend. I guess. Yeah. Anyway, back to Stars Hollow. Um, we were talking about like the way that Luke chooses not to talk to Dean about mm-hmm. it. But I actually like really like the way that he intervenes with Rory instead um, by going to her. Well, he wanted to talk to Lorelai first, but then when he couldn't find her, he was like, this is urgent enough like that he talks to Rory and he is like incredibly cryptic, but he just says like, don't go. Mm -hmm. Trust me, it'll be better. And I I just love like the relationship that Rory knows to trust him here and says like okay like I won't go and then when she tells Lorelai about it later on too Lorelai at first like is like oh let me go talk to Luke I can find out and Rory is like you know no like he seemed really serious and upset and they kind of just agree to let it be this like mystery and even she doesn't go to ask him and I just found that so like respectful almost in a surprising way that they like they're like yeah like maybe we're better not knowing or like he had his reasons like we trust Luke and I I just found it oddly touching in a way yeah that's true (laughs) Luke is a good guy at least so far (laughs) yeah I wonder like I wonder if other people like the way he handled it you know because it could have gone so many different ways um like I thought about if he had told Rory like about what happened yeah like how that would have gone down because then maybe he was worried that would like she would go to Mm -hmm. him or it could just cause so much more drama and I don't know I just feel like I personally like the way it went down yeah I'll ask people on our Instagram polls (laughs) Mm -hmm. I also in this scene Rory is wearing a very fall outfit she had like uh high boots they were like mid-calf and they were suede and then she had a skirt and then uh like a corduroy jacket and then there were the pumpkins mm-hmm. being set up outside of doozy doses in the background <laughs> it was just like very yeah, autumnal yeah. yeah and usually we get way more autumnal decorations at the beginning of fall in stars hollow but i think the wedding decorations 
might have taken precedent, but we still mm-hmm. got some, and we'll, I'm sure we'll get more next week. I, d- I also just wanted to say, if I lived in Stars Hollow, I would 100% also want to be married in that gazebo, mm-hmm. so I totally understand Lindsay's decision there. And since we're talking about fashion, I forgot to mention, when I was talking about the haircut, that was my Lorelai's Closet uh, nomination. Nice. I don't remember if I said that. Because uh, haircuts are fashion yeah. in a way. That's true. So, yeah. <laughs> After Luke talks to Rory and Lorelai comes up, Kirk comes up and kind of is giving an explanation for why he put the alarm in and stuff. And this is where my Rory's bookshelf moment is. He talks about his sense of chivalry for single women living alone. <laughs> And then he talks about being (laughs) descended from a 12th century knight, which I just have to say, like, you know, everybody is descended from somebody in the 12th century. You know, it's not that that, uh, rare. But I guess maybe a knight is a bit more exciting, though I I would also say... If you had to estimate, like, what are the odds that it would be a knight versus a non-knight from the 12th century? Yeah, I was trying to think of that. So knights are specifically... Uh, retainers who have enough financial standing and like money to have a horse, which is where chivalry comes from, from the French French yeah. for horse. Yeah. yeah. So it was probably a fairly small percentage of society who was able to have horses and like for and have like sons who had no no uh mm-hmm. nothing to do except become knights. So probably like five or ten percent, depending on Pretty what time. Small, yeah. So I guess it's it's a smallish. Yeah. But also the <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I just yeah. <laughs> I'm with but you. I just liked this because it was a little medieval-y moment. Um, also, I wanted to point out that a lot of times in chivalric romances, which are uh, courtly romances, the most famous ones are like Ar- Arthurian romances. Mm-hmm. Um, the women are often secluded in like towers or they're kind of cut off from society and their knights fall in love with them and then they have to have some clandestine meetings and stuff like that and so I thought it was fitting because Lorelai Kirk is saying she's like a secluded woman uh they're not and they're having clandestine meetings but not of the romantic sort (laughs) but I just I just (laughs) liked Kirk's funny explanation here yeah for taking care of and I like that the cherry on top was that he said when I was younger I thought that meant I was related to I think he says Ted Knight oh yeah (laughs) I think like an actor and he says like I wrote him a lot of letters oh Oh, Kirk (laughs) I just I respect that they're like they already wrote a very funny line about him being related to knights and having this like chivalry and whatever but then they take it to the next level and the next level, like, it's a very mm-hmm. well-written scene of funniness. And he does it deadpan, of course, as usual. Of course, yeah. <laughs> then he, as they start to walk away, he drives after them in this funny little security golf cart type thing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Kirk. Our second to last scene is the conclusion of the in storyline. All three are together. Michelle gets to be in the picture, which is his big um, concern. And he's, when they take a second one, he's prominently mm-hmm. featured right at the front. It was a good picture. <laughs> uh, it was a good picture. And I also like that Lorelai and Suki share this moment where Lorelai is looking at the inn and is struck by this reflection of like, sometimes it hits me, you know, like 
you we think of this place as part of our like our lives but actually it has such a long history and future and we're part of Mm -hmm. its life like the inn's life and I just thought it was like a wonderful way to think about places and you know space and things that we use and we think like we own it and it's all about our lives and how we inhabit them or use our spaces and our places and whatever but really we're just like a speck Mm -hmm. in time and places you know and like it's very I agree with yeah you know yeah that was my gazebo moment that line and also oh sorry that's okay (laughs) you said it well and then also just like the picture especially the last picture with Michelle like actually visible it was just like so heartwarming (laughs) and so exciting to know what's coming and that they're finally like succeeding in something that they've been wanting to do for so long it was just a touching wonderful moment plus it was like early morning it had kind of that autumnal light (laughs) effect on everything it was just nice a nice moment yeah because they had to be awake at 6 a.m so this is probably what you know 9 a.m now (laughs) instead of going to the wedding yeah yeah our last scene for this episode is one that kind of aggravated me we (laughs) rory was like sorry mom i can't be at the memorable picture taking i have to go watch this wedding from afar and lean against a tree look like morose yeah (laughs) be like the one who got away but we see dean and Lindsay coming out of the church everybody is like cheering for them and everything and rory is just she's so standing there staring looking like she's about to cry or something like thinking yeah. about all the mistakes she made with Dean, blah, blah, blah. Like, it should have been her, which is ridiculous. It never would have been her. Uh, not because, <laughs> like, if she and Dean had stayed together, they would still be together, but she would never marry somebody. She wouldn't Yeah, it wouldn't be yeah. her cup of tea. So it was a weird scene. I thought I was trying to, like, read too much into the – or, like, foreshadow too much. That was just unnecessary annoying (laughs) yeah there's like a way in which this episode is sort of setting up what is Mm -hmm. to come with like the redo of dean and rory and when i think about it in that way i really don't like it yeah (laughs) but if to think about it as like if this was like the way they're writing the end that could have been fun like oh it's not easy like rory still needs to get over him all this stuff but this final scene i think i liked because it was so angsty to me that it became a little silly. Yeah. And I kind of just loved it as like a genre convention almost of the teen drama, yeah. you know, and just the height of it, like the tree and the look on her face and then the tears. Like it was just, it was good. And like the lurking, like I feel like Jess was the lurker. Yeah. And now Rory's like lurking. Uh. <laughs> it was just. Like, also, like, anyone could have seen her. I know. Her. Dean could have looked <laughs> like, up and seen her. <laughs> they were facing her yeah. direction. Like, I'm surprised that they honestly didn't have them make meaningful eye contact. Mm-hmm. Like, they they could have done that. I'm glad they didn't, yeah. though. <laughs> yeah, I've definitely seen this, basically this scene in so many other shows and movies. Yeah, which is, I think, what endeared it yeah. to me. Like, oh, yeah, this is the character doing yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, I was just on my annual rewatch of Call the Midwife. And there's a scene just like this no. where one of the characters, like, best friend who had, like, made propositions towards her, but she had turned down 
And then later on, she decided she might try it out. But by then, he had a mm. fiance, and she like stands outside and watches them come out of their wedding. <laughs> it's the exact same scene. Uh, but that's the end of the episode. But who is your MVP for this episode? I am going to say my MVP was Luke. Oh, mine too. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. I thought you might do Michelle. Oh. You know, they both had a good episode. Um. I just like the way that Luke handled everything mm-hmm. with Dean and the guys and also the Taylor thing. Like he was just like, yeah, he can park his truck. It's a public street. Mm-hmm. Um, he had a I think he had a decent rant also in this episode yeah. that we didn't talk too much about. But <laughs> he does have uh, let me find my it's like an astrology really isn't real type of brand. Yeah. He's like, fate's not real. Destiny's not real. Astrology's not real. It was it was comical. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Why did you pick Luke for your MVP? Um, I picked him pretty much for the same reasons. I thought that, yeah, he was almost, like, he barely had any speaking lines in this episode because so many of his scenes were, like, meaningful looks and stuff like that. But he did, <laughs> yeah, he was, like, pretty instrumental in carrying the plot forward and also setting things up. And he just did a good job with Dean handling all of that his yeah. like training from parenting Jess really paid off <laughs> I thought yeah he mm-hmm. was just on in top form for this episode yes. yeah well it was a good episode Indeed. and the next time we talk shortly after that I'll have my own Rory haircut Yay. so <laughs> we will update that on the Instagram as well most likely yeah. Anyone else, if you choose to also get a seasonal Rory haircut, feel free to send the pictures and we can post them. <laughs> yeah, that'd be cool. Tag us in your Start stories. We'll just repost them. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember what comes next, so I'm excited to see what happens. That's the fun of <laughs> yeah. it all. Maybe some more Jason stuff. Yeah, they probably. were like, here he is, and then no mention yeah. of him this episode. Yeah, we've <laughs> got to get the Jason and Lorelai meet cute. That'll be fun. Yep. Okay, well, well, talk soon. Talk soon. Thanks for listening to Talking Fast, a Gilmore Girls podcast. Don't forget to rate and review us and share us with your friends. Join us on Instagram and TikTok at Talking Fast Podcast. And join the conversation by emailing us your thoughts, talkingfastpodcast at gmail.com.